0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Today I will have a smart discussion together with Annika. Hi Annika.
1: Hi, Greg. Nice to see you.
0: Thank you very much, Annika, for being here. It's it's a great pleasure. We had several, let's say, private discussions, and now it's really time to make this happen, to have you on, on my show and to have a discussion about leadership. But before we start discussing and deep diving in in this really interesting topic, could you please introduce yourself for the people that doesn't know you?
1: Um, Yeah, I'd love to. So my name is Annika Björk. I'm a coach or mentor, as I like to or prefer to say, for CX professionals. Um, I'm also a lecturer for customer experience management. Um, So I help... Um, companies and CX teams to drive their success within the companies to become more customer centric. I've been doing it and been in the role for almost 20 years myself and uh, decided a few years ago to kind of change or switch sides and now to help um, people or CX professionals to raise their maturity and be successful in, um, in customer experience management.
0: Uh, Thank you, Annika. I'm not sure. Did you mention the name of of your company?
1: Um, My company is BJC or Björk Consulting, Um, but I post on social media as CX hero because I believe that um, all the CX professionals out there are CX heroes. They invest so much heart and time and um, thoughts in making their companies be, be more customer centric. So that's why um, I focus on CX Zeros.
0: Thank you very much, Annika. And as mentioned, I would like to to, to start the discussion with speak, speaking about transformation in customer experience and these projects. We have quite a lot of uh, statistic numbers that are saying that uh, not a lot of projects uh, get successful or achieve the results they want to achieve. What's your view on, on this point, and perhaps also why these projects are not so successful.
1: Well, there is two main phases I observe that are um, a problem, or where teams or CX professionals get stuck. One of them is when they kind of start off with customer experience management and are not able to either um, prove the success or. What they achieved with their project because they didn't have a proper business case setup and measurements. And what I call it, they fall into the trap of invisibility. Um, So they keep on taking on some little projects, trying to, you know, evangelize the entire company for the topic, and they're just not able to unblock that visibility. So that's one. Um, The other one are the CX teams that um, already have a certain maturity. So they have their topics, they have their, t- their team, they might even have budget and investment from C-level, they have the attention for C-level, but they're so focused in the doing and managing and trying to control all touch points and all the outcomes of that, those touch points because they feel responsible for it, that they drown in work, um, in in this doing, doing, doing And I keep saying it's like over managing and under leading. Um, They need to switch into a change management, a transformation of the company to be able to scale um, their effect. they will never be able to control everything. They won't be able to manage all touch points. So they have to focus on those which are really meaningful and at the same time, transform and empower the entire organization to be customer centric. So to scale those um, gravitational force that they need to have. So these are the two um, phases I see or problems I see. So that brings them to completely different things they need to do at those different top points. Um, it is a different maturity.
0: Uh, clear. And and I think what you are saying, it's it's really important. Perhaps on, on, on one of the first topics that you mentioned, and this is about um, leadership, but also thinking about these CX teams, as you mentioned, and let's make an example. You have a company with 2,000 employees and you have a CX team with three, four, five people. It's not possible for them to start and continue the transformation and evangelize all the company about uh, about customer experience, and therefore it's important that uh, they could be could start and will spread out this word of mouth about customer experience. Do you have some strategies how to tackle this uh, this issue?
1: Well, um, it is actually one of the. I would say main questions I get confronted with if I have um, CX professionals, um, you know, reaching out for my help is like either we don't have enough resources. How do we get more resources or more budget, or how do we get more visibility? And it's like we're struggling because we're doing so much and we don't have enough effect to show. Um, so one main strategy, very often, the skills of the team are not balanced. So. Um, what might happen is that you have UX um, professionals scaling up or becoming CX professionals, which is you know not working on the details of interfaces and stuff like that, but becoming a lot more strategic. Um, CX has you know going for the customer journey; it goes up into strategy. You work on touch points, but UX is only pretty much going down into the details. Um, So that has to be balanced. You can have people working in the details and you need to have that. And they need to uh, push forward the important projects, the the prioritized projects where you know you're going to have the effect that you need to prove your work towards management and everybody else um, so that people believe in customer experience management. But then, on the other hand, you need people with the skills being able to leading a transformation so a lot more um, into training and setting up and didactics and these kind of things communication communication is one of the most important pieces and coaching and mentoring c-level in communication that's like a big part of my work is working with the cx team but also working with c-level management so that they communicate the right things at the right moment because they can really work against you at that moment. And the same thing with the work in marketing, because as long as you raise expectation because your brand promises are so high and you're not able to deliver those experiences, your marketing budget is working against customer experience management. So those are things that need to be aligned at that point to be able to move on to the next maturity level. And that's when we're really talking about becoming customer centric. So it's like, you know, you have the base camp and now you want to go up to the peak of the Himalaya. So um, of the Everest. So um, you really need, there's a few things that you really need to align to be able to, to do that. And it's not a single effort. It is a team effort of several key people that need to be on board.
0: I think this is a great introduction and, and a great discussion because exactly what, what you are saying, it's it's key. A team, a seek team can start with the storytelling, with small success stories uh, showing, for example, uh, example from the voice of the customer, also positive examples and so on. But at the end, you need a North Star and define what you want to achieve and you mentioned that this a strategic level and having this strategic view and therefore two questions uh, come, come to my mind after after this uh, this discussion the first one is how is it possible to get um, top management support that's the first one and based on the fact that it's in the same goes in the same direction how can you define together with the sea levels also this north star what we want to achieve?
1: Um, getting management attention and support for the topic um, kind of depends where you're at in the maturity and in, in that transformation journey. Um, at the beginning, it's a lot about taking one project, proving the effect, and um, ideally, you know what the priorities are that C-level has. You know their goals that they have in their um, scorecards. Um, and then you pick a topic out of that scorecard um, you want to be the one enabling them to achieve their goals and if you are you're going to be on the radar automatically um, and the important thing is if you are successful you have to be able to prove your case because if you're successful you're going to have 10 or 20 especially if you're in a large corporate with five six 10, employees they're going to be 10 other projects claiming that it's their success So it has to be bulletproof that it's your success and you can prove it because if you can't and you can make that case in 40 seconds towards management, they are not going to believe it. Um, So those are key moments. Um, My advice is always get away from evangelizing, trying to evangelize um, C-level. You won't succeed with it. The thing is really to prove and have your case. Um, When it's further on, there are some faces where they tend to question what you're doing and if you have enough effect. So if you have that um, standard procedure of every project you're doing to have your case and you add that up, you will not have that problem. Um, It is only when you don't have that, when you don't have your palmares to prove what you're doing. And then you start getting questioned because then you're a cost center and not a profit center. and that's when you start having your problems. And there is a few other things when CEO changes stuff like that. And you can have either an advantage or a disadvantage. Um, so the most important thing is really make your case and prove it bulletproof. And for the second question, um, forgot it. Say again. <laughs>
0: No problem. It's one side is to try to, to get the commitment from the sea levels. But also what I am seeing is uh, quite a lot of com- companies are doing different initiatives, quite split and spread out in the company without having a North Star. I'm not speaking about the the, the business strategy. But I'm really speaking about a customer experience strategy. And perhaps also for the audience, you can start explaining what a customer experience strategy is. And now to get this North Star that everybody tries to go in this direction.
1: Um, kind of depends a little bit on the definition of North Star. As I understand, a North Star is you need to have a vision of what the experience for the customer should be. And it's not, we're doing customer experience. Well, th- you know, that's not. That's a part of your business strategy, but it's not your customer experience strategy. So you need to make a statement on, the question is, how should your customer feel or what should he say after contact with you as a company? Because that's where you differentiate. Um, So it is very much linked to the brand, but it has to be something that gives orientation in your daily work, in the way you behave. Um, And that's a hard one to do. Like let's, let's say in Switzerland, a lot of companies as a brand value have Swiss. Well, what is Swiss? Is it something that gives orientation to your employees on what to do in their work? It doesn't because it could mean paint everything in red and white with a white cross. It could mean you have to be very punctual or it could mean that it has to be high quality. And if people do the three things, They think they do the right thing, but on the market, you're not differentiated. You're not one experience, and that's what you need to get to. And the best way, in my experience, to develop this kind of North Star is to do it in collaboration with all employees. That's the most fun way of doing it and the most impactful because you get to discuss it as an employee. And if you don't, it's your choice, but a lot of people – rely to it on an emotional level, and they develop this intrinsic motivation of saying, yeah, this is who we are. This is what we shape. This is what we want to be. This is what we want our customers to say. And it's not only about the external customers. When you start working in change management, we're talking about the entire value chain. So ideally, you develop the company to, or the employees in the company to think, in dimensions of internal customers. So every internal customer, after a touch point, after an experience with an internal service provider should say, oh, I felt, you know, and then you have your vision, your customer experience vision. And only if it goes through the entire value chain, then you're gonna have the customer that really feels that north star, that experience. Because what happens otherwise is that everybody expects the front To deliver that to the customer but he's not experiencing it in you know in his context to the back so he has to play a role and then we're not in that intrinsic place of saying this is who we are as a company i'm just being um you know um a movie maker or something to show the customer we are that but honestly behind the curtains we're not and then it's not authentic So there you can see what dimensions a customer-centric change takes on. I keep saying customer-centric change or customer-centricity has like maybe 20% to do with your customer, 80% has to do with your company, with your employees, with the value chain, with whatever is happening in your company. Um, And to change that takes a strategy. A lot of companies just let change happen it's not managed. And then they wonder why they are not achieving their goals. It's like, yeah, you're just walking to somewhere, but you don't know where. And then we come back to your North Star. Um, having that North Star gives everyone a direction. And if you have the strategy, you know exactly what kind of path you're thinking of taking to get to that, to that, to that North Star. So yeah, um, it's absolutely central to have that so
0: important Uh, i i fully agree with you and i think this is exactly the, the main point that you have a starting point or you did already the first steps then you you know where you want to go and then you can also define the step in order to achieve your target Measuring this, uh, the, the progress, but also what you mentioned, it's also the, the cultural aspect of the things involving employees feeling part of this transformation. And if you're speaking about customer experience, it's always about this customer-centric transformation. And I know you are an external consultant. I am a former consultant, therefore I would like to to to, to start the discussion also. Um, how would you cre- uh, or how would you create a, a team a group of people in order to drive this this transformation with external people with internal people it's better a mix because what i'm also seeing is as, as you mentioned quite a lot of companies are focusing on the ux side of of the things focuses on on the interface to the customer that it's really important but if you want to transform something you need to start from the core and the core it's the art of the company and therefore you need to to do a bit more than only UX. What's your view on that?
1: Um, Well it kind of depends a little bit on the maturity but my experience in general and that's one of the reasons why I set up my business the way I do it is um, I stopped going in companies and leading that Kind of program or change or project and whatever because um, you get in, you have this, it has a lot to do with the person leading. Um, it has to do with someone being charismatic, it has to be, do about communication. You have a lot of um, you know, attention on your person and it kind of links the topic to the person. So the problem is, um, and you know, I've been doing consulting in this kind of way for eight years, um, is that when you leave, it's kind of like for for all the employees, even if it's a couple of thousands, it's like, oh, the topic is done, is finished, right? Um, because we're done. The consultant is gone. So, you know, keep on going with the normal normal work kind of. I'm um, maybe make, making it a bit too extreme, but um, teams are able to pick it up. But you can see in the performance also in the, in the MPS and stuff, you can see that you're going to have a dip um, very likely after, after the consultant's leaving. Um, So what I do now, and I really firmly believe it's the only way to have a sustainable transformation, is to support the internal people to do it. Um, Of course, they won't have the same experience and knowledge, but they don't don't need it. They only need a certain knowledge advantage compared to the rest of the company. Um, And to have someone that has their back when they have questions and whatever and someone that helps them in keeping management in check so that they stay, you know, all C-level have their own way of managing a little bit. Some are very, very smart, very, very fast. So they communicate and they're like, okay, I communicated it. Now it's done. Now it's implemented. And No, (laughs) that's not the way it works um, in customer experience and definitely not in change management or in transformation. So... Very often, people don't have that much experience when it comes to dealing with management. And sometimes it's easier to have someone from the outside to say, "Hey, Mr. or Mr. So or this and that, you know, just stop and let people take in what we communicated. Um, it's a different thing when you're you know it's your boss, boss boss or something like that to say, "Hey, stop. This is the wrong way." Um, so my belief is really to you know support these teams. And one of the first things that needs to be done is to really see the skills and capabilities of that team, the knowledge and the skills. Um, usually there is a mix that, um, you know, someone has a lot of experience in project management. So you can hook them on this, uh, you know, touchpoint management and get Um, things done in projects and stuff like that. So sometimes you just need to redefine the roles a little bit so that you're able to scale them to enrich their job and maybe also develop them to the next level. Um, Very often UX consultants, um, smart ones, um, are very open to go into CX, go away from the only digital into all other kinds of um, touch points that you might have and find it very interesting and then scaling to uh, becoming more strategic. Um, very often, they're very junior. and um, you know it's a good career path to to go into we're talking business development, right? So um, it's an interesting field. So it kind of has to be very individual. Um there's a few things out of experience that I see you need to have in a team, depending on maturity. Um, And then you just assess where the team is at and then decide, okay, what are the skills and capabilities that we need to develop? What is there? And how can we work with what is there? And usually usually there's always a good starting position. There's always something you can do with what is there and with topics that are there or budgets that are there or not there. It's just a way of thinking in can do. You can always do something. I mean, I started my project with CX projects with zero budget. And then I made my first case and I told my boss, well, um, if I I make so much money out of this case, I want 10% to fund my next project, to fund my research. And if you do that beforehand, they're going to say yes, because they see the potential money. And if you drive them in, then you know, you have your budget. If you do it at the end, they're not going to say yes because they just want to take in the money and put that on their sheet. So it's little bits and pieces that you can do, that you can always do to, to move forward with customer centricity.
0: I think what you're saying it's it's really important is being strategic but also being smart in order to to progress with with this customer centric transformation not all the companies are already where they should be or they should know how important is customer centricity and therefore you need to to play the game very very smart in order to achieve your targets and what what you mentioned and I think it's it's really important and it's I think it's not relevant if it's an internal person, leader, head of customer experience, or an an external consultant, but the most important is is the customer experience team. And as you said, helping this team to grow. At the end, if it's the external um, consultant going away, or the first one that gets fired is the head of customer experience because we don't need that. We need to save money, and then you need to enable and to empower the people that are still working in the company with this customer experience mindset. And there, do you have some hints how to support these people and really, let's say, to lead this um, this CX team instead only to manage them like project manager?
1: Um it kind of depends on, on the setting, which is there in the maturity. Um, what I see, um, what usually is lacking, um, is really people that are able to do, um, training in a captivating way, um, to, you know, teach them detectives and, um, even managing some, or managing yourself as a team in a proper way, um, I see so many teams, everyone, every person is in a, in a project or in two projects or in five projects and they don't even or barely see each other because everybody's running around in the company and they have their, um, if I take an insurance, one is uh, for, for life insurance, the other for liabilities and whatever. And they almost don't get together at all. So what you need to do is to have a clear setting of what are your methodologies your framework um, what are the main um, experiences that you need to manage like there's 20 to 30 percent moments of truth um, usually in a company those are the ones that you want to manage you have to know them this is basic research that you need to do and as as far as I love data and to crunch data um, the tendency I see now about Measuring every touchpoint, that's sorry, BS. It's just overdoing, overmanaging something which, in my opinion, doesn't make sense that way. And it's so expensive um, to do that for what are you doing with it? Okay, maybe a closed loop feedback and then you get gamed in your score. So um, there are a few things, setups that need to be in place to be able to scale as a team. And to be able to say also from the visibility that people feel that you are a unity, you have a certain set of frameworks, this is the way we work, and not, oh, one time we do it this way and this way and the other way around, and people are like, hey, what is happening here? And, you know don't get the concept and how to work and then you train them on something and then the team works differently. And these are all things, these are the things that you need to lead as a CX team. These are the things that you need to to decide on Um, and not try to control those 80% of touch points, which you can leave to the teams. They're going to be fine. It's not going to be perfect, but it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, Customers will be very, set off if all touch points will be perfect. Just trust the teams to be able to do it. Just leave them with it and show them how to do it and let them try it out um, and come away. In German we say glücken as like being the hen on the eggs and trying to control everything. Um, this is one of the main um, weaknesses I see in CX teams or main block I see that they need to unblock. Um, to get to the next maturity level and manage themselves in their expectations. Because the problem I also see with that is you put the pressure on yourself that you have to deliver those experiences. It's like you have the responsibility for the customer experience. You don't. It's a company. Everyone has it. You just enable. And you can take on the responsibility for 20, 30% of the moments of truth and have a certain part of it in it but the doing is in another place. Um, and if you put yourself in that, we're managing everything, that's how management is gonna look at you, C-level. And they're gonna take you into accountability for that. And if the experience is not good, if the MPAS is going down, it's your fault. And it's not, you can enable, but you cannot take on the entire responsibility. You're gonna break under the pressure. Um, so, but it's something that the CX team puts itself into. It's no one else. It's your own responsibility as a CX team to manage that. And it's, you know, expectation management as you do it in many other fields. But this is a huge expectation. And it's at the beginning, it might be sexy to be the one responsible for the entire experience. But if you get into the doing, it's not that sexy anymore because you will always lose if you're responsible or held responsible for that.
0: I think this is the key and this is something that it's extremely important to share, to understand. It's uh, I see companies measuring satisfaction after each step that you perform. For example, I had an insurance case and after that, uh, I sent to, to the insurance company my, my request. To, to solve my issues, I already get satisfaction survey. I said, sorry, first of all, solve my issue. And then I will tell you if I'm happy or not. And and what you're saying and what you're explaining is really to think strategically. And I think we see that you, you are always putting the strategy, let's say, first, because then you can plan very well the next steps and the doing. How is this possible to enable, to empower these uh, this, uh, CX teams to balance a bit more the doing with the strategic thinking,
1: um, kind of depends a little bit, especially on the on the customer experience officer or the team leader. Um, it really is um, a key person when it comes to that. Um, and of course, if you have a team of uh, UX designer, um, you have another starting position and you know a lot of work and development to do to be able to to kind of scale to the next level. Um, Not all CXOs are strategic, but from what I see, a lot are. But they don't have kind of the framework. They don't know how to approach the CX strategy because there's not a real template out there. Um, I started working on that last fall and developing something because it was kind of missing. And uh, it's really the first... As you say, the first approach I do is really developing kind of the strategy See, assessing where they're at when the skills and, and capabilities, the knowledge, what is missing, assess where they're at, at in the maturity as a company, how does it feel? And then what is the company strategy? Uh, what are the main projects? Because the um, the strategy could be one, but the projects that the company is doing could be Different topics. So that's something you want to look at. And then from there, there's like, um, in my opinion, in my experience, there's four main pillars um, to go into um, and then see okay, where are you at? How mature are there in the measurements? What are you doing? Are you overdoing or underdoing? Typically, overdoing. Um, Touch point redesign, very often, overdoing. the question is, is it at the right place? How much do you know? Do you have about basic research? Do you know the basic of CX that you need to know? And that's usually qualitative research of your main customer journeys, of your moments of truth, of your personas. Um, do you know your two, three personas that you have in your company? Um, because that gives so much orientation for employees to deliver the right experience. Do you have that North Star? So, you know. Few questions that you can that you can ask that you need for a solid strategy CX strategy, and when you have that, it's actually you know a question of following that strategy, following your plan, developing a good plan. But then, as you say, being strategic um, but flexible at the same time. Because if you go into change management, um, you can try something. You can put in place um, a measure. And then people react to it. And you cannot predict the way they react. Like I worked with two insurance companies in the same market, same size, even the same brand color. Um, You would think that people would react the same way. They don't. The culture is different. The starting position is different. Um, So you can try something. And change management is not about being successful all the time. It's about getting people to move, to think, to reflect, to sometimes also being a bit edgy um, is something that can help. It's not about everybody being happy all the time. Um, That's a big expectation I'm confronted with uh, from C-level. It's like, I don't want to be the bad guy. Well, if you do change management, sometimes you are. um, You know, It's part of the, the deal. You do things that people, that are uncomfortable, but that's the only way not the only one, but one of the ways to move forward. Um, so, yeah, um, I think if you if you plan your strategy, if you have a strategy on four or five main pillars, then you have a good starting position to really scale to the next level. And then you see where you're at at the end of the year, how do people react, especially in transformation, and then keep on going on the next level. So like teams I I coach or mentor, usually it's, very intense in the first 12 months and then they kind of see the system they get it um, and then the next 12 months are already a lot less um, it's more calls about oh what do I do now um, you know kind of spontaneous and then the third year it's almost nothing because they they get it you know they're, they're mature and they're able to to you know keep on going with that pace and taking the company to the next level
0: and I think this is important, and it's what you are mentioning, customer experience transformation doesn't happen overnight, but it takes time and it needs also experts like you to support and to enable organization and then the organization needs to start. Yeah. Work by it's not it.
1: a quick soup. I would say it's not a quick soup and there's no quick fix.
0: <laughs> That's nice. Uh, I think... Uh, that, this was really a great discussion, but now it's it's time to learn a bit more about, about you, Annika. Uh, we know that your life is split between Cyprus and, and Switzerland. How can you ensure to have a proper work-life balance by doing all the stuff that you are doing?
1: Um, well, I have my fixed days uh, where I work and the fixed days I have a four-year-old daughter. And um, it's one of the reasons... Um, for one of the many reasons for me to move to Cyprus, um, except for of course weather and everything, um, you know how it is in the Swiss-German part. Um, the weather is not so nice. So um, yeah, and we grew up differently. Um, so that's something I was seeking, and so I want to enjoy my time with my my daughter. So it's very important for me. I have my fixed days where where I work, and my fixed days where. Um, I'm with her and we enjoy our time, our spare time and uh, discover the island, which is amazing. And um, yeah, before Corona, I used to fly back and forth uh, on a regular basis. And uh, now it's a bit more difficult. means that when we have lockdown or whatever, um, I'm mainly here in Cyprus and uh, when it opens up, I'm a lot more in Switzerland um, and uh, I fly back and forth a lot more. But um, the development is just interesting to see. I mean, I I went into this digital life two and a half years ago. Um, so then people still wanted to, you know, meet in person. All this digital stuff was not so normal and standard, except especially when it comes to management, uh, mentoring, consulting, this kind of thing. It's like, oh, we need to meet in person. And uh, this changed a lot. So to, to observe this and having done the move before uh, this development has been a very interesting journey, a very, very interesting journey. Also, I lecture at five universities. Um, the The transition from last year in april from in persona um, lecturing in one week the change into digital has been you know like this it's been it has been an amazing journey and then now i have the back and forth between oh we can do it in prison oh no uh, back to not so and hybrid and this and that so um, yeah it's been a lot of adapting but it's fun it's interesting
0: I think we are living really in a, in a very nice time with this transformation to, to, to more digital and hybrid. And I think th- this, is, this is, it will change how we will interconnect uh, with, with people. Perhaps, is there still a book, digital or not digital, that you say I would recommend to the, to the audience or help me to, to grow? Yes,
1: yeah, there is. Oh, sorry, get me back. This is one of my favorites.
0: Reinventing organization.
1: Yeah. Um, I have there's um um a proper book, the big one, and a friend of mine um gave me this one in fall, and it's the visualized version of it. Um, and there's just the essence of it inside, and it's um very interesting, it talks about um, the different stages, evolutionary stages of organizations um, and groups. And the, the last stage, the TEAL stage, um, this is one of the reasons why my brand is on TEAL, is uh, the evolutionary organization. So it's more about how do you manage organizations to work together as teams or as organic teams and get away from the, the power hierarchy that is still common in, in our businesses. And um, especially if I think of dimensions like uh, value chain and how do all these work together, and this is something I, I analyze a lot with the companies I work with, that's the direction. Um, I have a very interesting client at the moment that is a global association, and that's actually a natural way for them of working because it's over or almost 30 companies in 30 countries. Um, and it's not a power over it's, you know, every company is an own organization. So it's another way of co-working. So, um, it's kind of like the place evolutionary place to go to as a, as a company and, uh, support companies to go there through customer centricity is, um, yeah, it's super interesting. It's it combines. I mean, it, it just come together. The two topics are so interlinked, and um, yeah. So I can recommend that it's by Frederick Laloux, reinventing organization. The visual, um, the visual version, is uh, yeah, really nice to
0: read. Thank you very much, Annika. The second last question is um, if people want to contact you, what's the best way?
1: Um, a good way is LinkedIn. Um, Annika Björk um, is one at CX Heroes, is the other one, or over my homepage, www.björk, B-J-O-E-R-C-K.ch. So my last name. Um, yeah, or Instagram at CX Heroes. Um I post there too, but my main focus is um, is on LinkedIn.
0: Thank you Annika and now we come to the last question it's Annika gold nugget it's something that we discussed on something that uh, new that you would like to leave to the audience
1: ah a gold nugget professionally yes hmm a gold nugget ah well, I think one of the gold nuggets for me for the last, that I encountered in the last two years is a tool to put in place adaptive processes. So come, go away, it's something I've been working on for quite a while. And uh, I've done a certification now. Um, come, go away from the business, classical business process management, which means step by step processes, but something supporting intuitive um, behavior of customers. Um, And that works with actions and rules instead of steps. And that is one of the gold nuggets I'm working a lot with now at the moment, because it enables you to take a customer journey and break it down to process level and implement it within days instead of going into you know how it is. You you are in corporate to go into process uh, modeling. Um, that is my golden nugget at the moment. And it's so much fun. It is going back into the details, but it's one of the weaknesses in CX to not only get a redesigned customer journey or touch point, but break it down into doing, into work, into automaz- automatization, digitalization. Uh, People being able to get the information they need, uh, whatever. So yeah, that's my golden nugget at the moment. That with processes.
0: Th- thank you very much, Annika. It was really a great pleasure to have you for this uh, smart discussion. And also to the audience, thank you very much. It was a great pleasure. And I need to say that it was an extremely difficult discussion, not because of Annika, but because normally we speak Italian and now we spoke English. However, I hope that you enjoyed TED, and I had a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Grazie mille. Arrivederci.
1: Grazie. Ciao a tutti. <laughs>